0: Welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me, I have Josh Cacho. Josh, what's going on?
1: Not too much. I mean, before before the, this recording started, I'm pretty sure we spent a good five to ten minutes talking about vertebral um, joint replacements. So, you know, it's, it's been a good yes. night.
0: So, for those of you who don't know, uh, not that you care at all, uh, I sell medical devices for spine surgery, and Josh, why don't you go ahead and introduce what you do? So I'm, I'm a physical therapist,
1: Run a clinic here in San Marino, California.
0: yeah, so there's a bit of a there's a bit of crossover. Um, I recently consulted Josh on my son's broken arm. Um, <laughs> and we were just going off about disc arthroplasty before you guys joined us. So we'll spare you all those details and get straight into the analysis from the San Jose game. Uh, again, in case you're living under a rock and somehow didn't know what happened, Carlos Vela scored the goal of the year. The debate is over, and LAFC won four to nil. Matias Almeida got ejected. Probably did not get a haircut. But this is where we are now. Josh, what did you see on your second watch of this game that you want to get into first?
1: I mean, I think the biggest thing again was just how how sound of positioning. The you know the every you know. Every, everyone at lfc was right i think what we've what we've noticed at time is especially because of the way that we play with the counter press and some of these different things this was a game where they kind of just let the game come to them knowing that san jose was going to come at them with with their press and some of the things somewhat similar to the new york game but i almost think that they learned from that new york game and just played you know you just felt this a calmness that you haven't seen from this team at certain times when you know when the game gets more frantic you know it's like I think what we've seen previously was one team comes in, you know, coming at us, you know, no holds barred. And what we usually do in, instead of, you know, quietly just trying to absorb it and just kind of figure things out. We just come right back at them. Right. Which is great, mm-hmm. but sometimes leads to a couple mishaps and mistakes. And sometimes teams make us pay. In this case, it was one of those things where they let the game come to them. I think we were, down on possession numbers again right for this one 53 47 I believe probably San Jose's
0: the best pos- the best possession team in the league so it wouldn't be surprising
1: yeah so I think they gave up they actually gave up a little bit of possession more possession than normal right I think usually we dominate something cl- on the other side of things about 54 46 and so it was again just just nice to see the team play with a sense of calmness, because again, heading into this weekend, it's, it's what you're going to, need to see again, right in the atmosphere with everything happening with everything that's on everything on the line. They're going to have to be able to just take a deep breath and play in the moment. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've just, we started up, uh, I coach, you know, American football um, on the side here. And one of the things that, you know, we talk about is, you know, there's, there's no moment in the past norm, another moment in the future, that's more important than that moment right now. Right. And sometimes I think the team has gotten caught looking at what happened to play before, what happened or what they think is going to happen next, and then just lose sight of what's happening right then and there. And so, you know, and then that's where we see some of these mistakes being made, you know, in, in big moments, in what we would consider big moments. Right. And now I think they're playing with an, playing with an approach where there's no, there is no moment different nor more important than the one right in front of them, and I think it's been good, um, you know, from a mental standpoint. Again, you know, we're talking a little less, little less from the tactics side of things, but more from just a a mindset heading into, you know, again, in, in a mindset that they they're going to need to have to play at the best of their ability in a rivalry week, and then again as they head into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think uh, you could have had. A much better game to get us ready uh, for for the galaxy coming up. Not only because it was a dominant be- performance, but it was a dominant performance against a team who actually played pretty well and within their system. Um, and you on the night just outclassed them. That's really all it was. Um, and we'll get into you know some of the little things that we saw that we picked up on that that made that that work. But uh, being able to have such a dominant performance over a a good team. Uh, I think came at exactly the right time. You had a lot of guys get some minutes. Dio and Mark anthony K come on, and they're able to get some run, and both looked fantastic doing so. Um, so and those are guys that are likely going to get the nod against Galaxy. So I think you're right. I think the team is in uh, better form than they were, you know, in kind of the middle of the summer there. And I think we got a good shot at it on Sunday. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, and maybe the thing that jumped out most to me in this in this second uh, rewatch of this game was the positioning and the performance from our two center backs, which is interesting because what we're without Walker Zimmerman and Tristan Blackman is filling in, and again, as we all know, he's a he's a natural right back. He's not a center back, uh, and the team is trying to get him there. And tonight was maybe the first time that I was absolutely convinced that Blackman. Has a future there, Josh? Did you see anything specifically from these two that you felt really changed the dynamic there on the back line?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you refer back to, you know, the the New York game, which I thought was, you know, he he struggled quite a bit in that one, right? They Red they yeah, New York Red Bulls made him make decisions, and he did not make great ones, right? It was a lot of playing balls in the traffic. It was a lot of. Again, just you could tell he felt rushed. Was just not, you know, just didn't seem like he was ready for the moment, you know, if you will. And mm-hmm. so this game was one that I think he learned from that first game and understood that, you know, again being the guy that they were going to a lot of pass right the way that the way that San Jose man marks they they allow for one 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 center back is going to go unmarked on on the offensive side of the ball and then or they're not going to mark one of our center backs. um, And then they have one free center back on the defensive side. And so, you know, Blackman being the one they decided to allow the ball at his feet, right. Was just, you know, they were expecting him to, again, have pretty poor distribution because we haven't seen it from him much when he's lined up at the, at center back, you know, when he's in the right back, his crosses have been pretty good. You know, he runs hard. He does all the, you know, does a lot of good things on the right side. But again, his distribution, you know it's not exactly world class, right? And so I think this was that game where you just saw him come into his own from that from that from that position and just see the game kind of open up to him, right? And I think you know you had you had sent me a message about um, a pass that he hit at Tuwist in the 49th minute and it was just an absolute dime.
0: Yeah, I mean chips it over the San Jose midfield. It's a one touch pass. I. I I think it's played back to him from one of the from one of the midfielders. And he just chips it with curve as well, right into the path of Atuesta. And I I mean, when he hits that ball, Atuesta isn't anywhere near. He just saw where the run was going to be and hits Atuesta in in stride with a great ball. Um, So I do agree the distribution was much better. Not only that pass, but several other passes where he's breaking lines and especially against the San Jose team that several times on the night we were able to frustrate i think especially latif and even even at with their ability to jump into passing lanes at the last minute again because they're man marking everybody as long as they see the pass and can react you know it they turn every ball into a 50-50 because they're standing right next to their guy um so I, I was very encouraged to see blackman playing so well uh with his feet out of the back um another thing that I thought was really good was their positioning. I don't feel like they played quite as wide as they normally would. Uh, It'd be interesting to ask Bob about that, if that was an actual thing, or if that's just something that happened naturally with uh, Segura and, and and Blackman, but also those are two really pacey center backs to have paired up, uh, to have paired together on the back line. Several times you see them and they're able to, uh, recover against somebody that's that's you know in behind the defense. I think Houston had a a shot. Was it him that had the shot off the post mm-hmm. early? Um, it's a great ball into him, and he's he's behind everybody. I mean everybody. And Segura does just enough to push him right uh, to to kind of force him to shoot near on the near side post. Uh, I think if you don't have Segura making that run which is, I mean, it's, it's an absolute desperation attempt just to try and push him further right and take away some of the angle there. Uh, but if Segura's not making that run at that speed, then that's that's a goal easily. Uh, and Blackman as well. Blackman, uh, it seemed like they just had this intuitive understanding where one would go after the ball and the other one would ju- you know, just automatically start to drift into the right spot in the box to take away any passes or any, uh, any back post runners. Uh, anything else on the center backs or...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you, have, you were saying about their how the width was a little bit more narrow. You have to wonder that given their athletic ability, right, you said it's, a, you know, Blackman is, per, you know, quite a bit faster than Walker. And so you wonder, it's like, do you just start narrow and then force people out wide knowing that you can get out there in time, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to starting out wide and then it's hard to really close that down in the middle of the field where you don't have that extra defender of the sideline to be able to push them towards, right. Or just cutting down the angle a little bit better. So I wonder if it was intentional knowing that maybe San Jose, San Jose's best scores aren't guys that are going to be able to, you know, that, you know, it's not like they have a Carlos Vela who prefers to come to cut in and hit that ball from an angle. They tend to be more right. of guys that right. are just going to hit the ball more direct. And so I wonder if, again, it's purposeful. And, you know, with the intent of forcing them into the wider spaces where now they're gonna to have to either provide good service or at the same time hit a ball that's curling, which maybe that main you know yeah. based on the scouting report may not have been in their wheelhouse.
0: you know that's a that's a good point because um, if you remember if you remember back to the open Cup match that we played against in the three one win, uh, that's where they had all their success was playing these really quick balls in behind the fullbacks and especially Jordan Harvey. Uh, and I think their their goal comes off of Jackson Ewell just turning and firing a pass from his own basically defensive third behind Harvey and somebody else running onto it and providing a good cross. Uh, I don't remember who it is that scores that goal, um, but I mean, and maybe that's maybe that's was the idea here is we're going to keep our center backs more central so we can more easily defend those crosses that may come in if somebody gets behind our fullbacks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's That's like, I think it's one of those things where I think matchup wise, right? If you're worried, of, I do know if, if, if the team has, has wings that you're worried about, right. That can do certain things like a Carlos Vela, who's going to, you know, or even a Diego Rossi that will, you know, take that, you know, cut that ball inside and then just hit a banger, you know, on a, on a, on a curled ball from the corner, from the corner. Right. Well then, yeah. Then you, forcing them out wide is probably, you know, you're, you know, you don't, you know, maybe you don't want to give that ball up in that kind of space, right? With with room to run, right? But if they're guys that aren't necessarily aren't aren't going to be able to cut in, or or that's not their forte, then again, I think that's something that you know, you know generally we we fail to consider when we're thinking about how people approach them, in these matchups or what we're doing differently, and you know, given the amount of tape that they're they're watching and, and probably have at this point in the season, you know, and I think that's one thing that. LAFC has done really well is continue to evolve so that again the initial tape that you had may work for a game but probably won't work the second so San Jose seemed to come in with a similar game plan to the open cup game right trying to hit some of those long balls but a lot were, of diagonals right? Yeah. which were yeah. largely unsuccessful comparatively to the last game right but it's not like Harvey got any faster right so no. you know no. that that wasn't what changed the you know change the game you know there you know change that tactic or change The ability for them to stop that, you know, to stop it, it was more just a tactical decision in terms of positioning and some of these things that I think allowed, you know, LAFC to be a little bit more successful in defending, you know, and part of it wasn't, you know, obviously they weren't in a hurry pushing things up and doing some of those different things as well. So, you know, I, again, I think that's at this point in this, as we head into the later, the later stage of the season, the amount of tape that now is being analyzed by, by the coaching staff, I think is, is, probably, you know, underestimated as to how much effect it has on the game. Right. And I think even in the second, second El Trafico last year, right, the the game plan was literally Mark anthony Cape that just shut down Zlatan in the middle of the field. Right? And he yeah. did so until he broke his ankle. Right. Mm-hmm. Fairly well. And then, you know, and then the game kind of changes, you know, after that, after he, after he comes out. And so I think that's, that's something that um we'll probably see in the next, you know, as we head into the next few games and into the playoffs is... Yeah the breaking down of film and then LAFC having as many quality players, right. The depth is insane. And then now the ability to play multiple ways to win a game, you know, Mm -hmm. I think will come into play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we talked a little bit about the center back positioning and how Blackman was the center back that was left open. Let's move on to the man himself, Carlos Vela, who had the most obvious assignment given to him, uh, and he, and he in that he drew Youngworth the center back who if you if you watch closely especially in the first 25 30 minutes is following Carlos everywhere there were a couple of plays where we were back in our own defensive third and Carlos had tracked back to get on the ball and Youngworth is the one that's trying to win the ball back in our corner um which eventually leads to him earning a yellow card because then Carlos is on the break and he drags him down from behind um did you did you see any other notable matchups on the on the field or for me that was the big one that jumped out like this they are not switching off of this until uh, until Youngworth gets the yellow card and then the other center back i think his name is Kashia ends up marking Carlos after that
1: Yeah i mean i think you saw the Nick Lima versus you know, you was usually usually Josh Perez or or, you know, I think they switched a couple times where Perez would play off the left hand side and Rossi would come out right. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think it was Lima on the right hand side versus versus whatever Rossi. winger. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. it was Rossi for the mostly for the first half. And, you know, again, I, I think I tweeted out that they that should end all talk of Nick Lima actually being on the national team because he just got yes. obliterated. Um, that is the
0: that is the caption for that photo of him doing the splits and the goal as Carlos just chips it right over his leg is the Nick Lima role has now been abolished. That's, that's over with. Yeah. Um, at least it should be, I don't trust Greg Berhalter to ditch it.
1: That's the truth. But again, we'll save that for another pod. Um, yes. but again, I Soon. think that, that Soon. I, <laughs> but I think that's the other one, right? It was just, you know, that it's fullbacks, out wide against you know whatever wingers L.A.F.C. is you know gonna throw at you, you know and then when it's usually Carlos fela and and uh, Diego Rossi, right then Deal usually has that room to run which you saw in the in the Salt Lake game with Deal would pick up the ball, midfield just make a turn and then just go charging down the middle of the charging down the middle, you know and that's where all of his opportunities came from, you know obviously we scored our goals off of set pieces and a couple other things but. Leo was creating several chances just being a bully in the middle of in the middle of the park, but that that isolation comes from you know where Vela and Rossi are are being picked up and and the attention that they draw without actually having to have the ball, right? It's that you know that Leo Messi walking gravity is that you know they're just pulling defenders towards them because of their right. their quality, um, and so I think you're going to start to see now that start to change. When when you when you have now Vela dropping into the middle of the field, right? You have you know people just chasing left right, and you have to know where he is. And then I think you know, like we will see in other sport, you know, like in basketball, right? If sometimes that an unnecessary double team will come, which mm-hmm. leaves someone open, and that's I think what Vela was doing with some of his positioning and the way that he was moving was just trying to draw people into weird spaces, so that now you have you know Rossi has a one-on-one with a guy who has no chance to stay with him in a foot race. right? Yeah, even, yeah. I mean, you know, we've
0: talked about this a lot the past couple of weeks. Where You even have Rossi doing it last week in Salt Lake on, uh, oh gosh, which, one of the goals that we broke down and maybe even just being the Dio chance with the called back penalty and red card, uh, where Rossi just floats to the middle of the field, draws a man mark from Kyle Beckerman, and Jordan Harvey is wide open as a result because... He just gets lost in the shuffle. So I definitely think you're right. The, the attack is looking, if you can imagine, even more dangerous than it has. Um, and it's because of those interchangeable parts, one of which I think is Dio. Dio comes on for Diego Rossi. Don't remember what minute it was. And he starts at left wing and immediately, like you said, starts picking up the ball, where now he's against a fullback. And even though Nick Lima is a pretty stout guy, pretty quick, he's no he's no match for Adama Diomande, who's, you know, not a, world cra- a world-class world striker, but a great MLS striker uh, who's able to just, one, either run around him or run through him.
1: Uh, I and think you, more, more so today. the second one because Dio is essentially just a freight train.
0: Yeah. The Spanish commentators kept calling him el tanque, right, uh, the tank, which is kind of what he looks like out there sometimes, just mowing people down.
1: I, I think he looks more yeah. like a Norwegian Draymond Green, but you know, that's just me.
0: <laughs> oh, hopefully much less annoying. Are you, wait, are you a Golden State fan? No. <laughs> okay. I know you have roots in San Francisco, so I wasn't sure there.
1: Nope. Just a little. maybe we've
0: talked about the Lakers before. Yeah. But again, that's for another episode. Probably. Um, you do see Dio. I mean, Dio is hungry. He's coming in. He's tracking back to defend. Uh, putting in tackles, and then not also not giving up the ball when he has a chance. There were there was at least one chance where he's got Vela off to the side in the box, and plenty of space to pass him the ball, and instead tries to take one more touch onto his right foot, and as a result gets dispossessed. Um, so I I I like that he's at that point where he's like, no, I'm going to score some goals and we're good, <laughs> and I'm just going to make it happen.
1: Yeah, I mean so, he's he's playing like a guy who knows that he needs to perform to keep his job right Mm -hmm. you know and I think you know and then maybe you know it may not be a long-term solution right you know obviously I think we all we all have a feeling that it you know it that the Rodriguez signing was probably a long-term Rossi replacement in the next year Mm -hmm. or two but at the same time you know there are going to be moments where someone is going to get pushed off the field right and at times it's going to be Dio at times it's going to be rossi and you know and bob's gonna rob the hot hand you know but at the same time you know i think that's one thing you know it's like that's what one thing i think you like from dio is that that he has that 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 streak of competitive competitiveness in him right i think last year we saw him be the a little bit of the enforcer you know that mark anthony k has you know assumed the mm-hmm. role of a little bit more this year um, and so I think, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's something that the team definitely, you know, definitely needs, because, you know, given, you know, that Vela is not that, you know, he's not that guy, you know, if, you know, if you, for anyone who hasn't already listened to it, go to the Benny and Sal podcast. It's on, I think just on SoundCloud right now. I don't think it's on iTunes yet, but they had a wonderful interview with Carlos Vela where they, he, they just deep dive into his personality. A lot of things about him, you know, it's again worth a listen, um, you know, but again, it, it's, you can after listening to that you really just understand that again he's not a guy that that's not his that's not his MO right he's he's mm-hmm. more laid back he's more just kind of let things happen um and so with that in mind right you you need a guy like a deal right that's going to push the envelope that's going to you know that just is just hungry and wants to be a bull and get into the middle of the field and score goals you know and and i think like i said next year you know or times this year i think you're going to see potentially that combination of of rodriguez i think dio is probably going to play better with brian rodriguez than he would ever play with diego rossi
0: mm-hmm. right right i agree probably a little bit better service uh yeah dio on the left wing has been interesting for me to see uh even in this match he you know he's driving to the line and if the cross isn't on he's cutting back and i think it's one or two times cuts back from the line and then Plays a ball back into possession, um, which is really remarkable. Again, I, I I know I already said that he's he was creating chances and not passing the ball when he had one, but uh, when it absolutely wasn't on, he was definitely recycling possession, helping maintain the attack. So, I think he's doing his best, like you said, to stay relevant as the team evolves uh, mid season here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he's evolved himself, right? I think last year he was more or less just an out-and-out striker. And I think we've talked mm-hmm. about over the last couple of weeks and, you know, a couple of games where you've seen him just turn into this, you know, like this extremely versatile forward who can play, you know, not a guy who's really playing out on the right-hand side, but definitely plays out on the left, plays up the middle, drops into space, you know, putting in the shift defensively. And again, like when you have, you know, your, your center forward willing to put in those hard minutes and those, you know and those, and those run those types of runs again you're it you're going to be pretty successful right and i think yeah. that's, that's you know a big part of that record setting pace that the team's on
0: mhm mhm all right let's move on let's talk about Mark Anthony Kaye cuz i think it's going to that'll get us into some of the other things that we wanted to talk about as well um Mark Anthony Kaye comes on you know what? maybe we should back up actually because when Dio comes on it's also Mohammed El Munir comes back um, to thunderous applause at the bank it was a cool it was a cool moment, um, and he also looked really good on the ball, uh, getting forward, cutting in. Uh, I think he can really play that not only inverted but that central fullback role that Bob seems to try and be pushing the teams toward. Um, so that was also very exciting. Uh, but back to Mark Anthony Kay, he comes on and. There's, you know, San Jose's been chasing the midfield around all night, uh, and they've been trailing. So, you know, now they're dejected. And Mark Anthony K turns into this kind of, uh, kind of a number eight, and just shuttling the ball back and forth. And his pace is just breaking people. And this leads to the Josh Perez goal. But before we get into that goal, did you see anything else from him, or what did you think of his yeah, performance? Yeah, I mean,
1: and I think it's the big part of it is you know you you understand what he's able to do physically compared to the other midfielders right where where latif is going to use more of his quickness and his you know his close control where you know again people just can't get down that that low to take the ball off of him right or or lee who's just a savvy guy who understands you know how to make you miss and is just smooth on the ball right k is mm-hmm. a is a physical specimen of a midfielder right you know, I want I and I don't want to go Paul Pogba or anything like that. But again, he uses those physical tools to really be able to just take over a game, you know. And again, when you're coming at that in at that stage of the game, right, when people are worn down now, that's just hard to keep up with. Right. A guy who's, you know, going to get out there and run, push the ball forward, takes good, good care, you know, took pretty good care of it, which he hadn't, you know, and you know maybe since the gold cup, you know, we've seen him be a little bit sloppy in possession, you know, for the last month or so. And I think this was one of those games where I think he, you know, seemingly anyone who has had flaws in their game found their moment of redemption in this past game against San Jose, right? Whether it was Josh Perez finally getting a goal, whether it's Latif with just taking, you know, taking care of the ball and, and not making, you know, not making that atrocious pass at the wrong, you know, in the wrong place. He had some bad passes, but they were in places that didn't matter. Right. It's like he's just right, pushing the envelope, right? right? Doesn't it, hurt.
0: Latif was mainly missing on the final balls tonight. Yeah, which is and fine. Again that, that same kind of thing where you have your attackers being man marked in the box, so it's tight quarters, and he's not able to thread an even tighter needle because, you know, Youngworth or Kashia is right on Vela's mm-hmm. shoulder.
1: Yeah. Um, and and again, if if an attacker misses a passing in the attacking half, right? That happens you know t- twenty times a game right in in right, in right. you know on the best attacking teams not you know we don't score twenty goals a game right you know like a good game you score five goals right or a great game right. you score five yeah. goals, and so you're you know again, I'm okay with that right what we can't have and what we've we've you know what we've fretted about at times was you know when he's tracking back defensively, picking up a ball from Eddie Segura and then trying to you know. Do you know? Spin out of you know? Make a spin. Do a spin move. You know, inside his own box. Right. I'm like no, no, right. no, no. Not yep. the time. Just get rid of it. Get you know. Pass and move. Get it down the field. Right. This one you saw him again. He you know he would take chances in times in in places where it was appropriate. Some came off. Some didn't. And then in the times where he needed to be safe, where he needed to be just consistent, he absolutely was every single time. Right. And I think like I said with with K it was that same thing. Right. It was you know, push forward, do his thing, you know, um, take care of the ball, make good passes. You know, he had, you know, like I said, didn't, did you say he had the assist on um, the Perez goal?
0: Mark Decay, yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. you know, again, it's been a while since we've really seen him be that guy who has threaded that final ball comparatively to what we saw earlier in the season when he was, you know, that guy hitting just, you know, great pass after great pass for the first, you know, five, six games of the season. Then it kind of took a yeah. little bit of a dive after, you know, seemingly after the Gold Cup where he got relegated to playing left back for Canada. And then mm-hmm. now again, fortunately it seems to have found his rhythm, you know, heading into, you know, a big week of football.
0: Right. Yeah. So let's get into that goal because I think it was uh, kind of a good summation of how the night went, where Tyler Miller has some poor distribution that turns into a counterattack. Uh this happened multiple times. Uh, even off of goal kicks, where play is stopped and he can't find uh, the right pass to connect, um, they come screaming in. Eddie Segura ends up on the ball and chips. I, it's got to be seven or eight uh, San Jose players in total. Jackson Ewell almost gets a toe on it, but it finds its way to Mark Anthony Kay, who then turns and drives, you know, from midfield to the 18. And Josh Perez is on the right hand side case lots in a ball to him. And now it's just Josh on Fierro who had been marking uh, Vela and has to come out because now Perez is on the ball in the box and Perez has a great little stutter step and gets in and and uses his left foot to get to the, to get to the, you know, towards the line. And the finish here is really good. Uh, And it's, If it hadn't been for Carlos Vela's wonder goal in the first half, this would have been my moment of the match, hands down, because the pure joy on that guy's face and that you can, you can see the weight lifted off his shoulders. Uh, Even the the crowd is just beside themselves. The whole team comes over, everybody's hugging him. Uh, Such a great moment. And it really, it's kind of crazy because, I mean, this is the same Josh Perez who missed a, you know, who's missed a couple wide-open sitters, uh, came close even in this game, and then he has this really tight angle, has to go near post on Vega, and just, you know, he's probably got 18 to 24 inches to fit that ball into and just puts it right off the inside of the post and into the back of the net. A truly fantastic goal, and I honestly couldn't have been happier in that moment uh, to see him score a goal. Uh, Anything else that I'm leaving out on that one or
1: no, I mean, like I said, I think, I get, had it again. Had it not been for Vela's wonder goal, you know, I mean, that's probably the one that we're all talking about, you know, and you know, again, and I think he he'd probably just as soon forget about the struggles and why that was important, then you know, and just move on to the next one, and hope you know, and hope he continues to score at that rate. And so I think, yeah. with if you're honestly like, and again, it says something about the team that how how happy everyone was for him but also bodes well that you know we i think anyone who's watched you know perez play and there's a you know understands what he brings to the table and i think there's a reason why bob plays him is again that work rate is you know the only person you know that probably is going to have a work rate higher than him is latif right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. for a guy that you know again that that I think has struggled to find his place in his position, you know, and again, but but has yet to stop working. um, Again, it bodes yeah. well, you know, for the depth, you know, and, and and several positions, you know, should you know, should you need it to be able to bring in a guy like that is just a luxury, right? Who's going to put in the work? Who's going to do? And then now, hopefully, is going to feel, you know, now that weight is lifted out his shoulders, should be more free to score some goals. And you know, again, if you get that from him, oof, I don't even want. Yeah. Good luck.
0: If yeah, I mean, if he's if he's coming in off the bench, and scoring goals now, I mean, I mean, let's go through that attack: Vela, Rossi, Dio, Rodriguez, and then Josh Perez as well. I mean, you have five really viable options there. If Perez, if if this is the Perez that we're going to keep seeing, if he turns in performances like he did against San Jose, then, I mean, it, it's. You're going to have to start playing a 2 3 5 from the beginning, right? Because that's or, all, all you have are forwards that do nothing but score goals.
1: Yeah, either that or you're going to get a ton of TAM money from someone.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that you mentioned there was the comparison to Latif Blessing. And this is one of those things that when he started at center midfield uh, against Colorado, I think it was.
1: Yeah, it was the Colorado game where he everyone raised a was a lot kind of, of
0: eyebrows, including mine. And he didn't have a good night, and it was kind of like, all right, that's it. Like he's obviously not Latif, but I think the more I've seen him on the right wing, especially coming in, you know, a game here, a game there, thirty minutes here, thirty minutes there, I think the comparison is becoming more and more clear now as to why Bob sees him as a Latif blessing, uh, which I think he clearly does based on where he's tried to fit him in before. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he ends up being. You know another inverted destroyer center midfielder like Latif has become, but I think he certainly has a lot of the same qualities. Except he's a much better passer of the ball than Latif is. Uh, Yeah. Even now, and especially last year, where Latif really struggled passing the ball and maintaining possession from a you know while passing.
1: No, and I think like I said, if if you're going to get that from him, and again and, and again from a death perspective, right, and if if he follows if they're able to follow that career arc that you had for Latif, right? you know, and again, there's a clear path as to how he can continue to improve and get better and so on and so forth. Now you have someone that, you know, get to can play mm-hmm. that st- starts on the right wing, right? Then, yeah, they can move into the midfield every now and then. Right. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, if we see him playing left back at some point <laughs> next year, just, just you wait. Right. Because again, him yeah, being yeah. left footed, I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't put it past Bob at this point, right? He, some of the stuff no, that we've seen, right? And and when you, it's when you seemingly have guys that are willing to run through a wall for him, um, you know, and because I think there's a realization that he can improve you and make you a better player, right? Yeah. Hey, I yeah. again, we'll we'll see what ends up happening here because you know there there it's been a it's only been on a rare occasion where people haven't gotten better, you know, under under Bob Bradley, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, one more thing on him. If you haven't seen his post-game interview, not with the press. I mean, the one with the press is good where uh, he's sitting down in the press conference. But the one on the field with MLS, I think it might be Ben Bear or David Goss. I can't remember which MLS reporter was out there talking to him. But it honestly made me so happy. It makes me, th- it makes me happy just thinking about this one. Because it's just like, You you see that he's just a kid, and he is absolutely living his dream and so thrilled to death that he got to score a goal, uh, finally. Um, Just I I tweeted about it, and uh, the the word that comes to mind is it's just such a pure reaction from him. So please go find that uh, online because it's well worth your time. All right, Josh, we've gone on for 36 minutes and 16 seconds now. So it's time to finally get into the goal, the goal, the goal. Now we went back and forth on what we're going to name this thing and we didn't really settle on anything. So I'm just going to go with what I, one of my suggestions, which is it is the goal, all caps. And if I see you not capitalizing all seven letters, (laughs) I'm going to come after you (laughs) expect it. I'm going to summon, I'm going to hire a bot army to attack your Twitter account. Uh, because that is the name from now on. It's the goal, all caps. Josh, what has not been said about this goal, if anything?
1: I mean, I w- I was just losing it just when you see the dummy. Right? It's just like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. It, yeah, it's just such a clever move to play Rosie into space. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he just decides to be mean about it, right? You're just like, oh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what Nick Lima and and you know and Daniel Vega did to, to this man, what they said to him, but again, you know, I think we talked about it in the instant in the instant reaction pod where it, like this was akin to the, you know, to the Allen Averson stepping over Tyron Lue, you know, in the yep. NBA Finals, like cross you over, put you down the ground hit the three and then just step over you while staring at you and walk away. Right. Yeah. And I mean whatever they said, they will never say it again. Yeah. You know, and and the funny thing is, it's like I said, after listening to that Benny and Sal podcast interview of Vela, it's like, seems so uncharacteristic from a guy that seems that just pleasant and happy (laughs) with life to be that just ruthless on the field. Um, and so, Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you just saw i mean the look on their on everyone's face after it actually the thing that i think that you, have, that you really people need to really pay attention to is how bob reacted to it right who yeah you know who normal under normal circumstances you know his reaction you know his his probably comment is that's a that's a good goal right or or something yeah. real dry and boring or and- something
0: like deal was wide open on the left wing yeah. I don't know why you didn't pass it you know yeah some <laughs> way
1: earlier <laughs> you know find a way to be critical of it so that he he keeps working harder to be more like Messi or right whatever right. you know whatever right. you know Zen master thing that he's trying to you know pull on Carlos Vela to turn him into you know the MVP but again at, at the same time like I said you just have to sit back in awe of a, a play like that because again the only other person on the planet you see score goals in that fashion is Leo Messi Right, like Mm -hmm. there really isn't any anyone else that that will do that, right? And and I think it's important to know that you know Leo Messi wanted to play with him, right? So I mean, you know, I think I think he, you know, maybe maybe it was just one of those things where you know he he's going to show his quality off. We everyone knows he's always had it, and again, it was always a matter of how consistently can he do it. And again, I think this is one of those those moments again, where you see him playing with a joy that I don't think he's had at any other point in his career. Um, you know, again, you he, when you listen to the way that he talked, you know, in some of these interviews, he's genuinely finally happy. And I think that's allowing him to express himself in the, in his soccer. And so, yeah. you know, again going forward, I think as, as long as a, as long as his body allows him to, I think you're going to, I think this is just the start of him being in that mode again mainly because i think he feels he feels the freedom to play it like i think the one of the the key things that i i think i heard him say in the interview was you know like i at the end of the day and when i live you know they asked him where if he could live when he retires where does he want to live does he want to go back to spain because his wife is from there did they want to go back to mexico and he's like no i want to live in the u.s because i can play my soccer and at the end of the day i can go out with my family and no one knows who i am Right? Mm-hmm. and you're like, mm-hmm. you keep doing that with 3.4 million views or however many views all these clips are are getting on on YouTube, and it, yeah. it, things are going to change in a in a quick minute. Everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so again, maybe it was you know putting everyone on notice that again that the MVP has arrived. But again, it was just again there's there what what like you're saying what hasn't already been said um, about it. Again, phenomenal. Yeah,
0: yeah. I listened to Are We LFC? Just this morning, they had a good, uh, they spotted Atuesta who had been making a run off of his right shoulder, uh, maybe expecting to be played in as well. And then he just gives up (laughs) after he beats, I think, the last center back. He just gives up and stands there. Uh, The one thing that I haven't heard yet, I don't think, is if you freeze frame right after Vela beats the keeper, Diego Rossi is in the picture and he has the biggest open mouth smile. Like, just I mean, he's just standing there smiling, watching his teammate do this. Uh, so I thought that was a pretty cool moment as well. Uh, shout out to Josh Perez for starting this attack also, and then getting cleared out uh, by whoever was defending him. Uh, this so he plays in the pass and then is immediately taken out and he's rolling around the ground as uh, as Vela dummies that ball. So. I think, I I think that's probably fair. Yeah. We done there. Mm -hmm. All right. One of the other things that we were going to talk about, and it's kind of a change of pace here is Tyler Miller. Um, I feel like that's one of the things that jumped out to me more on this rewatch. And again, we kind of talked about it after salt Lake where uh, you know, we, we go down a man, we lose Walker Zimmerman who seems to be his buddy Uh, and he seems to play like you, I I think you've said this several times now that he seems to play much better and feel more, much more comfortable with Walker in front of him. Um, but Miller, I don't feel like had a good game. I feel like not only was he caught out of position several times, but his distribution was really poor. And, uh, even some of the shots that he should have, uh, that he should have got to were, uh, Only, you know, only not goals because they were off target slightly. Um, What did you think of Miller's performance?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, not his finest moment, but I think like when it comes to distribution, I think one of the things you have to think about is when, you know, you're not, you're not allowed to hit, you're not hitting balls in the open space. So unless you're going to be decisive about, you know, and hit a pass to a guy that, you know, that's, that's covered, right? Knowing that and, and, and know that your guy's either going to beat him you know or lose a ball in a 50-50 right it, again it comes down to just statistics you know if it is a truly a 50-50 ball you're going to lose about half of them so your distribution's not going to be great in that sense right? and given that the majority of, of the guys when he has the ball at his feet are being man marked tightly right so you either have to put a ball into a spot where you're, you know your guy can get to it or you have to trust that your guy is going to win you know he's going to win a, a, a duel and so again, I think that that probably has a little bit to do with the distribution in terms of just how how tightly man marked San Jose was for the majority of the game. You know, so you have mm-hmm. to have thoughts of them because it, it again it does bother them when that happens. You know, again, even though and then where they started to make that adjustment was that Tyler Tyler Blackman was the one, not Tyler Blackman, Tristan Blackman was the guy that now was going to be able to distribute from the back rather than Tyler Miller. Again, I think it had to do more with the way that they were man-marking and some of those different things because if when Miller has the ball, they're just lined up in a straight 4-1-4-1 that can match up directly. Once that ball gets played to the center back, it shifts the whole defense one direction. And at that point now, space a couple more spaces open up. So I think, again, it, it has a little bit more to do with the, how the setup is and some of those things in terms of – you know, some of the, the issues he had with distribution, some of the the shots, you know, the shot stopping and some of those things that, again, he seemed to struggle on, again, I think are more a factor of, um, are more a factor of the, definitely, I think are more a factor of how uncomfortable he may feel with, again, without Walker there. Again, I think he's going to have to figure it out if he wants to continue to play because, again, that's something you can't rely on, especially in MLS where the, the roster seemed to change, um, you know, seemingly every other week, right? If not daily because mm-hmm. of the timing of the season, you know, whether it's for international player or whatever reason, injuries. Again, the roster turnover in MLS is, is pretty crazy. And so, again, if you. As much as we would love to have the same back line and do those different things every single you know, every game, it doesn't always happen and you know, and I think
0: Yeah, do we do we have any matches during the international break?
1: Um, we must. I mean we
0: have six games in September, so
1: Yeah. I'm, assu- to- I'm assuming so.
0: Nine one, nine seven, and nine fourteen. So that's pretty much the entire international break, as far as I know. Um so yeah, and Walker Zimmerman could be gone for those matches as well. So yeah. I think you're right. He's gonna like you're gonna have to deal with it.
1: Hmm. And so again, I think that that's a that's something again that either either going to have to fish or cut bait at that point. Um. Mm-hmm. And so again, it, it we'll see what that that dynamic continues to look like. Um. You know, even while Sisney I think returned to the 18 in this game, right? I think he was finally off of the ind- the injury report. Yes. Um, yes. At the same time, I I really wonder. You know, again. Is he healthy enough? You know, what What are the issues? You know, are, are you confident in him going into Carson and, you know, going into a game against Carson and, and being able to be accurate and distributed and all those different things if he's never played in it before? I don't know, right? You know, again, he seemed to be primed for the big moment during Open Cup. But again, it's against, it's an Open Cup where, you know, you're, you're probably, every team is probably playing two starters down, right? Just about, in, you know, for rotation purposes um given you know given the schedule in the summer and so you know get you know did we get a false a false impression of his quality as well i don't know and i think it said i think the sample size is too small to really make a judgment on that Um, and, and but at the same time there's definitely things that need to be cleaned up um you know in terms of his ability to to orchestrate the backline and command the back line and that's a, you know in a way that is going to provide that protection for him, you know, when, you know, again, it's not something he's been able to do consistently.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. Well, we've gone on. I think we've exhausted most of our talking points for this match. Is there anything out there before you, before we get into questions here?
1: No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, again, it's one of those ones where, given, given the circumstances and how they play, you know, it's, it's less, less a, you know, there are some tactics that went into it, like we talked about in the instant match reaction with, you know, the hold up play coming from, you know, from Latif and from Lee. But outside of that, you know, again, it's a lot about just winning one-on-one duels and just being better than your guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. fortunately, we have the best guy out there.
0: Yes. Yes, we do. All right, then let's go ahead and get into our questions here. Uh, they are all, well, none of them are about San Jose, to say the least. They're all about the game on Sunday against Galaxy. So I'm going to give them an order of, uh, not irrelevance, but I'm going to give them to you in an order here that I feel is conducive to having a conversation about that match. The first one comes from at Bank 121. Bank with a C, that is. When speaking with the person next to me on Sunday, how should I pronounce D-E-R-B-Y? Josh, how do you say it?
1: I just go with Derby. I mean, I'm not English, so yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like that, you know. It's like that, you know. Do you, it's that like question. It's like if I, if you have a Spanish last name or whatever or a Spanish word, do you pronounce it how it's supposed to be or how you would interpret it? But at the same time, this is I don't think that falls in that category because it's just weird to say Derby. Because again, I think you're just, yeah. You just, at that point, you just seem like a tryhard, you know, and the Euro snob, right? So, right. You know,
0: I do feel weird saying. Darby. And you are right that I feel your dog is also not a fan of me saying that word.
1: <laughs> He's about to go nuts um, a few yeah. minutes. Hold on, My brother just got home. <laughs> all
0: good. All good. Okay. So I'm going to defer to what I remember and I may be remembering incorrectly at this point. So make sure to go listen to this, to this episode of this podcast that I'm going to plug here. Soccer 101 with Daryl Grove and, and uh, Taylor Rockwell from the Total Soccer Show. They go into the history of the word derby, why these matches in England are called derbies, and why they are now derbies everywhere. Um, and I believe, if I remember, Daryl Grove, who is English, gives us permission to call them derbies as Americans. Uh, but they also talk about how uh, if you're speaking to somebody that's English, you should probably use Derby instead. So you don't seem like a complete buffoon. Um, but I think, I think that's how I'm going to go with it. I-, I, I will call it a Derby because it just feels weird to say it the other way. Um, did we get everything there?
1: Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think I go with rivalry match. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> there, there are other words. Just go, go somewhere else. Also real quick. Uh, I, while I, you know, Everybody seems to not like El Tráfico. Um, it seems like that's what it's going to be, and LAFC fans should just stop trying to rebrand it until we win a couple. To be honest, that's where I stand with renaming it. By the way, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I won't lie. I I, I kind of like El Tráfico. It's just it's just different.
0: Yeah, it's it's different. Um, it's close enough. Uh, you know, it may have been forced at the beginning of last year, but I mean, it seems to have stuck. Uh, so, you know, whatever, that's the way it is. Um, I mean, what's the, when the Dodgers and the angels play, right? It's called the freeway series. So I mean, it's kind of already there in another rivalry in town. Well, not in town, but in Southern California. Um, next one also comes from at bank One Twenty One. How does Pavone change the way you need to game plan? Josh,
1: I, you know, I think, you know, so in this game, we saw the center backs line up pretty narrow, right, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, you compact the middle of the field, which, you know, and then you, you go back out into space to be the guard, you know, to pick up the wingers when they come in. This is a game that I don't necessarily think they have that option to be able to do that on Pavone's side because he'll make you pay, um, you know, on his own as opposed to, you know, Previously, right when you have an and tune out there or or Araujo who are just really out there to just kick crosses to Zlatan for you know ninety minutes or you know whatever, um, yeah. So I think it's just one of those things where you're going to have to you have to you're going to have to be honest about it, right? Yeah. Your 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 defensive midfielder, whether that's you know on in, when you're in possession, so they're usually in a four four two um defense in that defensive shape so as Pavone's out there with um usually with you know, beta on that side i think because he plays on off the left hand side you're going to have to have mark anthony k you, you know or Atuesta, whoever is there then it depends on what what they have k do right because i think previously you know we had talked earlier about k being the person that may sit in between the center backs and kind of just play right um you know, just man mark Zlatan the whole time just to continue to be that physical presence and, you know, give him problems because we've seen it from other teams and it's worked fairly well. Yeah. Um, if, in, it's, if it's in, me
0: in that situation, by the way, that's exactly what I do, is I pull into more of a 4-2 a and then maybe 3-1 or four two one three. 2 uh, I mean, we always talk about numbers, but I think they're mostly irrelevant. Basically, sitting K-deeper and having him as the secondary defender on Zlatan, um, and if Kay is there, I don't think Zlatan's able to just post up on Segura like he did with Atuesta there, because Atuesta is also very small. Uh, where K is not Zlatan size, but he is 6'2", a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, a little bit more robust, um, and he's going to be, he's going to have an easier time uh, shutting him down, especially if he's double teaming Zlatan. And then I think you move Atuesta over to the other side and help give cover to Beta Shore, assuming Pavone is going to be on the left-hand side. Uh, and then Zimmerman's there in the middle to break up crosses and stuff as well. But Pavone's definitely one of those players that is very skilled and will have no problem dispatching MLS fullbacks uh, and then whipping in a cross. And we all know what happens if Zlatan sees a ball at the back post. It's going in the back of the net because he's bigger and stronger and more skilled than most everybody on the field. So... Uh, it, it does change things. And I think you are going to have to use your midfielders to to help cover. Sorry, I, I cut you off there. But
1: no, I mean, I think I think that's the big thing, right? It's like where where LaFC gets into trouble is when when they're in possession, not necessarily when they're having to defend. You know, just straight up defend, right. like in their yeah, in a four a four point. two block, right? Because they don't they don't really ever have to be in a in a block, right? So how often you see LaFC drop into a four four two block is usually the last ten minutes of the game right? Where they're up two goals and they're just sitting back and they're not, they're tired of running around chasing people, right? For the other, the other, you know, 75 minutes or whatever it was. And so, you know, I think the one thing that, you know, may, you know, that you, you, you know, you may see change, right? Is, you know, the, is kind of again, and I think that's probably where those inverted fullbacks will come into play in terms of how they go about it, right? Is in possession, you're probably going to see more, of a you know three three two, two three, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have you know K drop in between the three center backs, you're gonna have um, Beta and Harvey probably drop into drop into the midfield, you know, just you know, kind of forming a triangle in front or, or like a pair in front of the three, the three mm-hmm. backs, and then you're gonna have the three up top being able to just have now at the three up top have that platform to be able to make those over you know those the crossing runs and the runs where they're changing positions and doing different things and yeah. then again having having the two um having the two midfielders to support so yeah so it's three two two three is mm-hmm. the is the formation and that's that you've seen it from pep guardiola when he was at um, bayern munich um and again now at manchester city where you have the fullbacks tuck it you know tuck underneath the the attacking midfielders and then the forwards and then have the deepest lying play, the deepest lying um, center midfielder. You know that being um, either in this case probably K, and for Manchester City, it's uh, Fernandinho. Kind of sit in there and just provide extra cover to the back line. So then again, the offense can be dynamic with five five players. You know, rotating and moving and doing all sorts of stuff, yet still maintain a little bit of stability through the back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't disagree with any of that. I think, um, they're going to change a little bit of it up and I think it makes a lot of sense to keep K central and back further and use some of your fullbacks to provide a little more width or, you know, a little, some more passing options in the middle. So I'm right there with you on that one. Um, so I think that pretty much covers how you have to scheme for Pavon. I don't think you're going to see as many direct balls straight to Zlatan this time because now they have another outlet on the left wing that can not only beat you, but uh, provide services a on in the middle. So you might see them try and hold on to possession a little bit more. What I will say is this team is going to be vulnerable to the counterattack still because their defense is still shaky. Um, and again, it didn't really show up last time because they, they played a great game against us, but we've seen it several times where even Seattle, was able to get a result against them, uh, partly from a really strange and uh, bad own goal. Oof. But they can be undone. This defense can be undone.
1: For uh, anyone who at- has complaints about Tyler Miller, see, please see <laughs> David Bingham kicking <laughs> yeah. the ball off his own teammate's head.
0: Uh, also, go. Uh, what's what's the center back's name? Skelvik. Yeah, I think. Uh, go. On Twitter and find out what uh, what Galaxy fans have nicknamed him. It's uh, too vulgar to re- to repeat on this family friendly show, so I won't say it here. But all that being said, you can undo their defense, and it doesn't require a whole lot of possession, um, which kind of leads us into our next question here from Al Hopkins at Culver City underscore Al. Will Bob actually play B Rod with no training? Um, so I think we first need to go over. The no training part, as far as I know, he's actually been training all week. Can you confirm that?
1: Yeah, I, I believe I don't remember when Vince, I, I believe it was on Max and Vince's podcast at the beginning of the week on Monday when they said that he had been in until who knows right. how right. much longer before they announced it on that on that, you know, on that recording, um, mm-hmm. you know, when when he had actually started. So he has been there for a minimum this this week. So, yeah. you know, again, I yeah, know he didn't feature, either he didn't have the paperwork until seemingly today um approved, mm-hmm. but again it seems like he has been training and again based on his on his position, you know, he's going to be coming into a place where it's not like where he, if he loses possession, it really changes a whole lot, right? Because where he's going to have possession is in the attacking third rather than, you know, our our our, you know, fairly What's the word? What's the saying? Like our fairly departed, you know, friend Andre Orta, who again our dearly departed. Dearly yeah. departed, right? Um, yeah, you know, is going, you know, who, you know, loses possession and just makes a terrible pass, you know, you know, from in our own in our own half. Right. Yeah, so it's just right. one of those things where again, even if you make a mistake, even if you make a play a bad ball, like we were talking about Latif earlier, right? Do it in a place that doesn't hurt you. Right. Yeah. Don't do it yep. in, you know, don't make a bad pass in your own defensive half, right, or in your own defensive box, like we've seen at times, right? If you're going to do it, do it, you know, do it with, you know, do it in a place where, you know, again, it yeah, it didn't come off, whatever, you know, it, it yeah. is what it is. And so, um, you know, again, I think that's where he can play a factor and he can change the game, right, probably coming in for a do for the last 15 min- 10, 15 minutes of the game yep. or so just to try and change it, depending on what the situation is. Or even if you're up, why not give them a run?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh so a few things about this. It does definitely depend on the situation, but we we also know that the situ whatever the situation is, Bob's answer to it is go score more goals. Right? Yeah. Very seldom have we seen him go to a five man back line and just pack it in for the night and say, All right, buses parked, boys let's just not concede anything. His answer is always, uh, is always positive. It's always productive. He always wants to go out and score more goals. So I think you are right. I would assume we see Rossi, Vela and Dio across the top. And it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, after 70 or so minutes, 75 minutes, he brings in a winger and moves Vela to this, you know, up to the nine and has somebody come in on the wing and, Brian Rodriguez seems like a good fit there. I, I, I mean, assuming that he is match fit and understands at least a little bit of how Bob wants him to play, he can tell him, go out there, get on the ball and be creative and make something happen. And, again, we already talked about the Galaxy defense. And whether you're chasing a goal or you're just trying to pad your your goal count and get some insurance, uh, I think he, he helps you out either way. Um, because, again, Bob's solution is always to score more goals. So, I think he will actually play him, um, assuming that he's in the 18. I think that's really it. Is he fit, and does he understand enough? And all that given, I mean, what better time to introduce him than El Trafico at home uh, on a Sunday night, the last game of the week. Um, That's the time to bring him in. So, maybe it's too much pressure to bring him in at that point, but that's why you're paying him all this money. So... Anything else on Brian Rodriguez there?
1: No, i mean like I said. I think we're all excited to see what he can bring to the table. Um, yeah. You know, but I think the best thing about it is that we don't necessarily need him to bring anything to the table this year. Yeah, right. Like Just... honestly, you have the ability to, you have the the you know, the luxury, right, to legit sit your third DP for the rest of the season, and you're still going mm-hmm. to likely break a few records in the meantime right yeah that is just unheard of right so at that point right it's just one of those things where you know as much as we were clamoring for these different things or whatever it may be right Dio still has what eight eight nine goals eight nine goals on the season something like that right i
0: think it might be nine
1: yeah so nine goals on the season plus vela's 25 or whatever the heck it is and 14 15 Mm -hmm. and so you know again between those three guys you know you can't what other what other trident in the league has scored that many goals the answer right. is none because Vela has scored more than like, you know, I think he's almost scored as many <laughs> goals as an entire, you know, the Vancouver Whitecaps has, I think, one more goal than he yeah. does as yeah. a whole team, right? So, again, I, I, I think to a certain degree, you know, to use to use a Frank DeBoer, you know, saying which, yeah, you know, some of the things he said we have to be a little bit careful about, but, you know, to use one of his previous ones was that, you know, I think our fan, we are a bit spoiled as a fan base, right, in the sense mm-hmm. that You know, like what other fan base in the MLS can really expect to score more goals than we already have? Right. Yeah. I don't know because it's never been done before. Right. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, again, it's one of those things where, again, it is a luxury to be able to, you know, to have him there. We don't have to play him. We can just let him break into things. You know, he basically has all of September to get to figure it out and how to be a part of it. Whether that's as a starter or as it's your your guy coming off the bench, and again it it's it's again another wrinkle to throw at teams when they when again maybe teams think that oh now we ha- now we figured out how to be LAFC, and then now Bob throws this next thing at you, right? Right. It is it just right. insane, right? And again, mm-hmm. to see Bob's evolution as a coach from USMNT Bob who just played four four two and sat back is I think, a thing of beauty right. as well.
0: Yeah. So just to go over it real quick. Dio has 8 goals, Rossi has 14. So, that's where we're at.
1: Yeah, so 22 two. plus the 25, right? They're again, mm-hmm. those three guys have scored more than all of than more than the Galaxy them.
0: They've scored more team. than any other team other than Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. Philadelphia right, Philadelphia
0: has 48 goals and it's only by one. So those three have 47 goals, which is more than Atlanta was joseph martinez it's more than everybody except for one team philadelphia and they only have one more
1: yeah but oh and
0: they've played 27 games and we've only played 26
1: but for some reason we needed a dp striker that was really going to be that guy
0: yeah you know (laughs) i think that was more frustration from dio not playing and uh and christian ramirez but fair play i do understand the point yes
1: so yeah, you know I, I, you know I, I, I make I think one of the things that we on this podcast we've tried to try to be as not hyperbolic as possible unless it comes to the U.S. national team. So you mm-hmm. know there's there's my not hot take for the night. We're good. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll see if any more hot takes come <laughs> on Sunday night after we play the Galaxy at home. Everybody wear black uh, and be sure to if you're not at the match uh be on twitter i'm sure me and josh will be going back and forth either very nervous or very celebratory or maybe a little bit of both um so we'd love to have you and uh we will talk to you then josh anything else before we go
1: nope i said just and hoping for the best and we'll see how it goes
0: all right follow us at counterpress underscore on twitter you can follow me at kirk kinsey josh
1: lafc josh on twitter
0: There it is. All right, we will talk to you all Sunday night. Goodbye.